Hey everybody, welcome to Healing University. I'm excited about these sessions and what God is doing and the messages that have come forth. And what I'm doing today is simply the continuation of our in-depth study of God's will and provisions in regards to receiving, walking in, or ministering healing. This is good news. I'm Pastor Dwayne Sheriff, and this is the 16th session of Section 1. And in this session, I want to simply share on how that God has married, if you will, joined in a holy alliance, our forgiveness of our sin with the healing of our bodies. And again, this is powerful in people's lives. And this is the last session, again, the 16th. And many of the things I'll probably go over have been shared by my brothers and sisters, but I'll probably hit it from a little different angle maybe, or just a way for you to receive all God has for you. Because again, God wills to forgive us of our sins and heal us of all of our sicknesses. It was sin, sin in the world, introduced by Adam that brought all this sickness and darkness and disease and death. God didn't intend for all this sickness to be in the world. Sickness was not a God, uh, an original plan of God. It was something Satan did in an unholy alliance with Adam's sin. In other words, the devil took sin, the sin of Adam, original sin, and married sickness to sin in the world, as well as darkness and oppression. And on and on we could go with the works of the devil. What Jesus came to do was to destroy the works of the devil. And what Jesus has done is he's created this holy alliance between our forgiveness of our sins and the healing of our body. Again, Satan is the one that created an unholy alliance between sin in the world and sickness. Many times we experience sickness or the temptation of sickness just like sin and it's not our personal sin it's not anything we've done it's just sin in the world obviously if you and I live in known habitual unrepented sin if we rebel against the principles and ways of God if we turn on God Satan can use personal sin to come steal kill and destroy but a lot of people haven't understood that a lot of the sickness a lot of the disease a lot of of what we experience in this fallen world is because of original sin. And that's what Jesus came to reverse. So let's talk about this and this holy alliance that Jesus has, has married between forgiveness and healing. One of the main purposes and benefits of being forgiven, of understanding your new right standing with God, it was the forgiveness of your sins and the work of the cross that made righteousness with God available and that we could stand in the presence of God righteous and truly holy because of the works of Jesus. Well, because of sin being removed, it has opened the door for us by faith now to believe for all the other benefits and blessings of God, one of which is the healing of our bodies. We'll start in Acts chapter 10, verse 38 and this has meant a lot to me. This has helped me personally. It says how God anointed Jesus of Nazareth with the Holy Ghost and with power who went about doing good and healing all that were oppressed of the devil for God is with him. Man, there is so much packed into that one verse 
I just want to unpackage a little bit of it. It says how God anointed Jesus. Jesus was anointed by God as the son of man to operate in the earth as a man. And this confuses people when it comes to healing and when it comes to what Jesus performed in his miracles and healings versus how can that be for today, many say or think. Jesus did not heal the sick because he was the son of God. He was the son of God, but he was God made flesh. He was a man. And when it says how God anointed Jesus of Nazareth, the Jesus of Nazareth is referring to his humanity and that Jesus did what he did in signs and wonders and miracles, not as God and performing as God, even though he was God, he did those as the son of man, as a man anointed by God. And if you understand that, you can understand how God now has anointed the body of Jesus, the body of Christ with that same anointing that we might see the works of Jesus still continuing in the earth today. So God anointed Jesus of Nazareth with the Holy Ghost and power. God has anointed Jesus's body, the church, the body of Christ with that same anointing and now with that same power to destroy the works of the devil. Jesus came, according to 1 John, to destroy the works of the devil. And he has sent you and I into the world now, anointed by that same Holy Spirit with the same power that raised him from the dead to destroy the works of the devil. Notice he went about doing good. Believe it or not, I need to say healing is good. There are many people that bless their hearts. They're struggling with the things of God. And they think somehow or another healing is, is bad or that it's all false or false signs and wonders and miracles and things of that nature. And while in the world that's possible and as we come to the end of this age, there will be false signs and wonders and miracles. But that doesn't cancel out the true nature of Jesus working within the church, the body of Christ in the earth today. He went about doing good, healing all that were oppressed of the devil for God is with him. Why is it important as Christians that we believe and that we know God is with us? Because it was God being with Jesus that made power and healing and all of the good things Jesus did available. It was the presence of God. It was the power of God. It was the anointing of the Holy Spirit. That same anointing is on you and I as Christians today. That same power that raised him from the dead is available to us today. And now we are to go about doing good and extending healing to all that are oppressed of the devil because God is with us. See, you and I don't have the power to heal anybody, but we have the authority as the body of Jesus. That's why I labored to share how important it is that we discern that we are the body of Jesus because with our new identity united with Jesus and with one another in Jesus, we carry that same power. It's God's power, but it's at our release or our authority. And Brother Andrew just does a fantastic job, as good as anybody I know on the planet, teaching the authority of the believer. And while we have authority, God has the power. But God's power isn't released in the earth independent of his body, the body of Christ, exercising their authority. And so that's why it's important that we know, A, Jesus healed all. B, it was by the Spirit and the power of God, and it was because God, C, was with him. We enjoy those same things through our simple faith in Jesus today. So healing here we see is for all, 
and made available for all. Let's look at 3 John in chapter 1 here. Verse 2. Beloved. Right away we need to acknowledge and understand that John is speaking to Christians. We are the beloved. We've been accepted, Ephesians 1.3, in the beloved. Jesus is the beloved. And because we're united to him, because we're one spirit with the Lord, flesh of his flesh, bone of his bone, and now many members of his one body of which he is the head, the Bible says here, we're beloved. So he's talking to you and I. Beloved, I wish above all things or pray above all things that you may as prosper and be in health even as your soul prospers. There's a direct connect, a direct connect to the renewing of our mind, our soul prospering, to our natural prosperity in this life and to health in this life. You have to renew your mind. You have to have your mind renewed by God as you set it on God of his will to heal. Many people cancel their faith out because they just aren't certain if God wills to heal them. They believe God wills to heal in general, They believe God wills to heal some, but they're not sure God wills to heal them. And God, 100% of the time, wills to heal all who call upon his name. He says, I wish that you'd be in health even as your soul prospers. Now watch this. Verse 3. For I rejoiced greatly when the brethren came and testified of the truth that is in thee. Even as thou walkest in the truth, I have no greater joy than to hear that my children walk in truth. Well, God is blessed and God is pleased when we walk in the truth. Well, his word is truth. John 17, 17, sanctify them. Jesus praying through thy truth. Thy word is truth. God has no greater joy than when we believe the word of God, regardless of our feelings, our circumstances, our temptations, whatever we're going through in this world. God is blessed when we walk in the truth, his word by faith. And the truth is God has forgiven us of all of our sins through the blood of his son. And he's also in that forgiveness made available healing and a life of health as we learn to access by faith the promises of God and the blessings of God. So this was written to you and I. It was written for you and I. And God wants us to walk in the truth now. Of healing. James chapter 3, this is one of my favorite passages that reveals God's will to heal all, that reveals how the local church is to house and be like a covering and a place of protection for all of the saints from the powers of darkness and from the consequences of sin that are in the world. There is sin all around us, dear brothers and sisters. There is darkness all around us. Colossians chapter 1 says that we've been delivered from the power of darkness and translated into the kingdom of God's dear son, verse 13. It didn't say we've been delivered from the presence of darkness. There's darkness all around us. And a part of being a part of the body of Christ, a part of being a part of the church in the earth today is we've got this canopy of God's love over us. We've got this divine protection and covering That when we come together and we assemble together as his body, there's divine protection in unity. The unity of the spirit in the bond of peace within the house of God. There's unity and power that is released when we cease from dividing and and persecuting each other and attacking each other as members of the body of Christ. And that that place of protection makes the will of God, the plan of God, the purpose of God available, which includes not just the forgiveness of our sins, 
but again, the health and healing of our body. James chapter 5. Is any among you afflicted? He's talking to the church. He's talking about the called out ones. He's talking about those that gathered together as the body of Christ, seeking to fulfill the purpose of God, not only in the world, but in a local community. He goes on to say, is any among you afflicted? Let him pray. Is any merry? Let him sing sing psalms. Is any sick among you? Is there any sick among you? Let him call for the elders of the church. So here's... Here's the body gathered together. Here's the protection in the house of God, the local church. If you haven't figured it out yet, I am a fan of the local church. I believe the church is what Jesus is coming back for. And he's coming back for a church that's without spot or wrinkle. He's coming back for a church that has learned to assemble together, to be in unity together, to remove all unforgiveness and all strife and all envy and all jealousy, all those things the world are experiencing that's bringing death upon them. We've eradicated that from the house of God by faith and we're gathering together and we're experiencing the life of Jesus. We're experiencing the power of the cross as a body of believers. He says, when you come together, if there's any sick among you, let them call for the elders of the church. And then he says, and let them pray over him, anointing him with oil in the name of the Lord. And the prayer of faith shall save the sick and the Lord shall raise him up. And if he have committed sins, they shall be forgiven him. Notice the marriage between sins and the committing of sins and the raising up of our bodies, the healing of our bodies. He's not saying there that if you've committed a personal sin, that might be why you're sick. It is possible to be assaulted by sickness just like we're assaulted by sin. And just like we're tempted by sin, we can be tempted with sickness and it not be our personal sin. It's sickness in the world. It's sin in the world. But he's saying to every believer that, hey, do not let any sin consciousness keep you from receiving your healing as these elders pray for you, as we unite together and do warfare together, not alone or on our own, but in unity with the elders now, unity with fellow believers that know how to pray, know how to fight, know how to stand. He said, God will save the sick, not might. The Lord will raise him up, not you never know. Amen. That is affirmative. It's positive. What he's saying is, There's no exceptions. There's no exception to the rule. And then he ends it with, hey, if you've committed sin, you'll be forgiven. In other words, do not let sin in the world. Do not let, if you have committed any personal sins, cancel out the power of God in healing. Purge your conscience from dead works. Receive your forgiveness, total forgiveness and cleansing and washing of any sin, known or unknown in your life. And do not let the anointing of oil and the prayer of faith keep you from receiving what God has bought and paid for. You know, years ago, this came into my heart that I need to resist sickness just like I would resist sin. And yet the majority of Christians today, while they'll resist sin and the temptation to sin because of what Jesus did for them, why won't we resist sickness and the temptation to get sick because of what Jesus did on the cross for us? Because God married forgiveness and healing together. And again, what God has joined together, let no man put asunder. Let no demon 
Let nothing in this world put asunder this holy alliance that God has made in the forgiveness of your sins and in the healing of your body. I love how that starts off. Is there any sick among you? No exceptions, no rules or exceptions to the rule. But anybody sick, here's how you act on your faith. You call for the elders of the church. Man, I have pastored in one place for over 32 years now. And it just takes years and years to get people to just believe the Bible and act on the simplicity of it. Many people in our church will get sick and they're waiting on me to call them as an elder of the church. They are commanded by God to call the elders of the church because they have to have faith. They have to mix faith now with the promise of God in the, in the area of healing. So their faith is to call for the elders. The elders then are to pray the prayer of faith, not the prayer of doubt and unbelief. Not the prayer of whining, moaning, and groaning, but the prayer of faith. And the prayer of faith will save the sick and the Lord will raise him up. Man, I just love that. There are so many ways. God just wills to heal us, every one of us. He wills to heal all the time, every time, anytime anyone mixes faith with the Word of God. And yet many believers just simply have not seen this and access this privilege that we have, this benefit we have. We serve the God of Psalms 103, verse 3, that is declared as the one that forgives all of our iniquities and heals all our diseases. In the same sentence, the same scripture, the God who forgives is the same God who heals. Why? He has married healing with forgiveness. So as you grow in your understanding of your forgiveness and you believe you receive your forgiveness, it gets easier and easier to believe for, for your healing. I'm convinced that God wills to heal all because of all the many ways he's made available to be healed. Now think about that for a minute. Why would God make so many ways available under the new covenant for you to be healed if he didn't will for you to be healed? If he didn't plan and make provisions for you to be healed? The reason God has made so many ways to be healed available is because he wants every one of his children healed. We have the gifts of the Holy Spirit in 1 Corinthians chapter 12 that we access through the body of Christ and discerning the body of Christ, we're able to receive of the gifts in our own bodies and in our own lives. In Mark chapter 16, believers are commanded to lay hands on the sick and they will recover. James chapter 5, verse 14, is there any sick? We can anoint people with oil and the prayer of faith will save the sick and the Lord will raise them up. The prayer of agreement. Dear ones, learn how to quit fighting with brothers and sisters. Learn how to forgive people. Learn how to forgive like you've been forgiven so that you have people in your life and you have relationship with people in your life that are mature believers that can stand in agreement with you no matter what you face in this life. Man, I praise God for fellow believers. I praise God for the elders of my own church that I can call upon. I have seen in my second son's life that nearly died the power of the prayer of agreement, the power of elders, the power of forgiveness in our church, the power of no strife, no division, no confusion, but that we love Jesus and we love each other. And boy, when death is knocking at the door, you better have somebody you can agree with that can really agree with you to fight that good fight of faith and not have to fight it on your own. That's what James is saying, is make sure you have elders in your life and that you can call upon them when you're facing some temptation in sickness or some assault by the devil in your health. Because these things are real and they happen to all of us in this life. And we need to learn the prayer 
again of agreement. I could go on and go on with ways God's healed. That's probably a part of another session that we'll cover. The point I'm trying to make is that proves to me God wills to heal everybody. And no matter where you are in your walk of faith, God wants to touch you. He wants to meet you where you are and extend not only your forgiveness, but also your healing in Jesus. And so that's James chapter five. And that's pretty powerful in my personal life and experience. I just had my grandson. It's too long of a testimony to tell, but my grandson in, in childbirth, there were complica complications with my, my daughter-in-law and he literally died in the womb and he was dead 20 minutes outside of the womb. And one of the things as I look back on that that I'm so grateful for and thankful for is I could call for the elders of the church. I hadn't had a falling out with people and unforgiveness in my heart that would hinder the power of prayer. I didn't have any envy in my heart. I didn't have any jealousy in my heart. I had men and women that knew how to pray, what to pray, when to pray, what kind of prayer, and stand with me and fight the good fight of faith. And I not only saw my grandson raised from the dead, all the complications of the lack of oxygen to his brain for a half hour were reversed totally in 20 days. In 20 days, I saw my grandson go from what they were claiming to be a vegetable for the rest of his life to a perfectly normal, healthy now infant that laughs and and cries and, and eats and all the things they said he couldn't do, he can do. Why? The power of prayer, the promise of God that God has forgiven us all of our iniquities in Jesus and healed all our diseases. Man, that's pretty powerful in my own life. Let me give you an example here of John chapter 9. Let's look at this. I'm going to turn to it. I think I have time. I'm sure some of the other brothers... <coughs> or sisters have shared this passage. But I hope I can, I can encourage you still in it. John chapter 9. This was an experience that the disciples had that if you walk with Jesus long enough, you're going to have this experience and you're going to have these questions. And as Jesus passed by, he saw a man which was blind from his birth. And his disciples asked him saying, Master, who did this? Who sinned? This man or his parents that he was born blind? Jesus answered and said, Neither. The man has sinned, nor his parents. But that the works of God should be made manifest, I must work the works of him that sent me while it is day. The night cometh when no man can work. As long as I'm in the world, I'm the light of the world. Jesus said it wasn't their personal sins that brought blindness in the birth of this child. Now, I want you to think about that for a minute. Because Satan in the garden created this unholy alliance. When Adam sinned, on the wings of that sin came sickness, darkness, poverty, oppression, and on and on I could go, even death. There was this unholy alliance that Satan had between sin and sickness. And many today believe Jesus came and broke the power of sin, original sin that Adam committed through the second man, the last Adam, Jesus at the cross. But they don't understand God has broke up that unholy alliance of sin and sickness and has created a holy alliance of forgiveness now and healing. Jesus said that it wasn't the man's sin in his mother's womb that caused him to be born blind, and it wasn't his parents. 
Now listen carefully. He didn't say it wasn't sin. I want that to sink in for a minute. He didn't say it wasn't sin. He said it wasn't their personal sins. We know if we've read the Bible, Romans chapter 5 verse, verse 12 says that Adam introduced sin into the world and death by sin. All that encompasses death came because of, of sin. And that's what Jesus conquered and destroyed, literally, Satan in his death, burial, and resurrection. He destroyed the works of the devil. He destroyed hell, death, and the grave. He conquered by conquest what sin had brought upon the human race. And now he has created this holy alliance with his church of forgiving us and now healing us of all of our diseases. And even we will conquer the last enemy death. We've already conquered it in our heart and been born again. And death for us as a believer, if the Lord tarries, is just a transfer from this life to heaven. It's just slipping out of our body into the presence of God. But there'll be a day that if you leave your body even in what we call death, if you go to sleep before the return of the Lord, before the appearing of Jesus and his kingdom, Jesus will bring the real you back and you will get a resurrected body, a new body. If Jesus comes and we are alive, we're going to be changed in the moment, in the twinkling of an eye. Corruption is going to put on incorruption. Mortality is going to put on immortality. What's that talking about? It's talking about my body, not my spirit. My, my spirit is born again. It's not corruptible. My spirit is immortal in Jesus united to him now. It's my body that will be redeemed at the second coming of the Lord, the return of the Lord. I already in my inner man have been redeemed by the blood of Jesus. And so if I'm here when Jesus comes back, it's my body that will be changed in the moment and in the twinkling of an eye. Not my spirit man, not my inner man. And the Bible says that's the last enemy to put, be put under the feet of Jesus. Well, we know now, and if you listen to lesson 15, we are the body of Jesus and even death. We have the promise in the natural of it being put under our feet. One day, everybody that has died from Adam all the way to present day will conquer death, will overcome death in the resurrection. And if we are alive, that's our last enemy to be conquered. Well, if it's the last enemy, 1 Corinthians 15 says to be conquered, then everything associated with death is an enemy that we are conquering on the way to conquering the last enemy. And one of those enemies is sickness. One of those enemies is disease. You are the body of the Lord Jesus Christ. Would God ever will to not heal his own body? Would God put sickness or disease on his own body, on his own temple? See, we don't know who we are. We don't understand our new identity and who we are as the body of Christ. I dealt with because we're not discerning that. We're not accessing strength and health and long life in that last session, session 15. But I'm telling you, there's an awakening in the body of Christ. And we are learning by the spirit of God who we are in Christ. We are the very body of the Lord Jesus Christ in the earth. And he owns this temple. This body has not been redeemed. It'll be redeemed at the return of the Lord, but it's been purchased. It's been bought. It belongs to the Lord. It doesn't belong to me. And God wants it whole. You know, I wish I could take more time, but why does God will for every Christian to be healed? We have a purpose in this earth, saints. 
And it's not to be bedfast. It's not to be canceled out in our authority in the earth to be hindered in our witness to be hindered or shortened in any way. God wants us healthy so we can share the gospel. God wants us healthy so we can be the witness of this new life and the resurrection of Jesus. A lot of people are just trying to get healed to get out of pain and, and, and sickness itself. Now, I'm not condemning you for that. I'm not saying that's an impure motive, but that's not the only motive to get healed. You can't lay hands on the sick if you're bedfast. You can't share the gospel if you're bedfast. You can't go out into all the world and preach the gospel if you're bedfast. I need to be healed, not so I'm not in pain. I need to be healed because I've got a purpose in this life and I'm going to fulfill that purpose. And with long life, God is going to satisfy me and the number of my days he's going to fulfill so that I can fulfill all the will of God in my heart. And I can't do that if my body is filled with disease and sickness. So I got off on a rabbit trail there, but I believe it's a divine rabbit trail. And somebody needed to hear God wills to heal you for his divine purpose and will in the earth through your life. Jesus said that it wasn't the man or his parents, but that he came to work the works of him that sent him. God didn't make the man blind so God could heal him. I've actually heard people say that. That is just not true. And I'm not trying to be mean there or anything like that. But God's not making us sick so he can now make us healed or heal us so he can get glory. God doesn't have to make us sick because of sin in the world. God doesn't have to make us sick because of the works of the devil. It was original sin in the world that this man was born blind. God didn't will for him to be blind and God didn't make him blind so he could heal him to bring glory now to himself. No, sin in the world brought blindness just like sin in the world is, is bringing all these other issues and Jesus came to reverse all of that. What we see in this is no matter what the devil did in sin and the unholy alliance with sin and sickness, Jesus came to merge a holy alliance between forgiveness and now healing. And that's what we need to see in these passages. You can see that with Job. If you'll read the book of Job, we got spirit-filled Christians still confused over Job, and we've become the fourth friend accusing Job of sin because we kind of understand sin brought brought sickness and death. So if you're if you're if you're sick, you sinned. I know of spirit-filled churches that condemn people in the church because they're battling with a sickness, not realizing it may not be their personal sin that created that, it's sin in the world. Well, we need to be careful how we judge one another and criticize. And we need to extend the mercy of God to people and the love of God and learn how to pray for, for people. Job's three friends, the Bible says, they condemned him without cause. And God wasn't happy with those three friends. If you read the book of Job, I mean, he had to offer sacrifices at the end of that story for them because of their condemning of him and falsely accusing him. All we need to understand is, yes, there's an unholy alliance with sin and sickness. And if we, even as Christians, sow to our flesh, we will of our flesh reap corruption, Galatians chapter 6 says. If we yield our members to Satan in known sin, he came to steal, kill, and destroy, and he can absolutely wreak havoc in our homes and lives if we yield to him. But if we walk in the light as God is in the light, we're cleansed by the blood of Jesus from all sin. 
We can shift the devil's saddle home now through faith in Jesus. Through understanding this holy alliance between forgiveness and healing, we can walk now in health. All right, let's look at, if you will, Isaiah 53, and let's go through the atonement and the redemptive work of God and this alliance of forgiveness and healing. Isaiah 53 Again, I know others have had to share this by now. But let me just quickly look at verse 4 and 5. It's talking about Jesus on the cross. And what did He do on that cross? What did He provide for us, His people? What did He actually provide for everyone who would accept it by faith? It says, Surely He hath borne our griefs and carried our sorrows. Yet we did esteem Him stricken, smitten of God, and afflicted. But he was wounded for our transgressions, bruised for our iniquities. The chastisement of our peace was upon him, and with his stripes we are healed. Isaiah. Now, I love the book of Isaiah. He's the prophet who saw the cross. He saw the Messiah. He saw the kingdom of God in a different dimension, the new creation that would come through Jesus and what he would do. And so I love Isaiah and all of his prophecies. In this prophecy, he sees Jesus on the cross. He sees that Jesus was wounded and bruised for our sins and iniquities. Jesus had no sin of his own. God put the sins of the world, you and I, in the body of Jesus and then punished Jesus on the cross for all of our sins so that he could extend mercy now and his kind of righteousness to us through simple childlike faith. And so then he talks about the chastisement of our peace. That's a part of our soul and the wholeness of our soul. And then he says, by his stripes, we are healed. Now, again, there are debates to this day throughout the body of Christ on is that talking about spiritual healing or physical healing? When it says by his stripes, we are healed. Is that just talking about our spirit man and being born again? Many entire groups preach it that way. The thing I love about the Bible is if we will let it, it will interpret itself. We don't have to have private interpretations of what the Bible is saying. If we'll stick with the Bible and the full counsel of God, every word is inspired by God. God doesn't contradict himself. There appears to be hundreds of contradictions in the Bible because of our carnal, unrenewed minds. I don't know if you ever thought about it, but it is the word of God. (laughs) It's God's thoughts. And if God's thoughts doesn't blow away your thoughts then you're not hearing God's thoughts. And so our carnal mind does war many times with what God is saying. And many people come up with private interpretations of what something means. But I'm excited about these passages and what Matthew, an apostle, one of the original apostles, Matthew, said what this means. And so we can look at what Matthew said it means and we can mix faith with what Matthew says instead of what other people say. Or groups say, Matthew chapter 8, I'm going to kind of go backwards. I'm going to look at verse 17, and then I'm going to go back and look at verses 1 through 17, because we need the context of what Matthew said. This is so powerful. It says in verse 17 of Matthew 8, that it might be fulfilled. Whatever happened in verses 1 through 16... He says that it might be fulfilled, which was spoken by Isaiah, the prophet, saying himself took our infirmities 
and bear our sicknesses. Man, you have to have help to miss that. I'm not going to help you today, but don't let anybody help you miss that. Matthew said that what happened between verses 1 and 16 is the fulfillment of what Isaiah said in Isaiah 53, 4 and 5. And I'm telling you, there, there are people throughout the body of Christ that if you start sharing on physical healing, they'll actually come against you and use Isaiah 53 verses 4 and 5 as just some spiritual act of God when Matthew said it meant more than just spiritual. Let's read verses 1 quickly through 16. Verse 1, When he was come down from the mountain, great multitudes followed him. And behold, there came a leper and worshipped him, saying, Lord, if thou wilt, thou canst make me clean. And Jesus put forth his hand and touched him, saying, I will be thou clean. Can you see the lack of hesitation there? Can't you see that leprosy was physical? Leprosy was real. And I know we can get really fancy in our preaching and we can, we can say that leprosy is a type and a shadow of sin. And just like what leprosy does to the body, that's what sin does to our lives. I'm okay with that analogy. I'm okay with that. But leprosy's physical. Leprosy's real. And Jesus loved this leper. And this leper said, look, I know you can if you will. Jesus didn't even hesitate. I will and touched him. You're not supposed to, under the old covenant law, touch a leper. They were forbidden to touch the lepers. And yet Jesus touched him and cleansed him immediately. Man, I just love that. The difference between the old covenant law and, and new covenant. We'll lay hands on the sick under the new covenant and they won't make us sick. We'll lay hands on the sick and they will recover. Jesus wasn't afraid to touch this leper and the leprosy affect him. He knew the power on the inside of him and the anointing he had from God would override the power of sin and leprosy. And so he healed a leper that's physical. Then it says in Jesus, verse 4, said unto him, See, thou tell no man, but go your way, show yourself to the priest, and offer a gift as Moses commanded for a testimony unto them. And when Jesus entered Capernaum, there came a certain centurion beseeching him, saying, Lord, my servant lieth home sick of the palsy, grievously tormented. This is a centurion, a Roman soldier, and he has a servant that's paralyzed. He has a servant that is afflicted with palsy. Jesus said unto him, I will come and heal him. <laughs> he didn't even hesitate. He didn't pray. He didn't ask God if it was his will. Father, now this is a centurion. Do you will for me to do this? I, there's probably a lot of sin in his home. And No, he didn't hesitate a minute. Why? It's always God's will to heal everyone, every time, everywhere, all the time. And he said, I will come and heal him. Look at this. The centurion answered, I'm not worthy. You should come under my roof, but speak the word only and my servant will be healed. For I'm a man under authority, having soldiers under me. I say to this man, go, and he goes. I say to another man, come, and he comes. Jesus marveled at his faith. When Jesus heard it, he marveled and said to him, or them that followed, Verily I say unto you, I have not found so great a faith, no, not in Israel. And I say unto you that many shall come from the east and west. And he goes on to talk about the kingdom of God. And then in verse 13, 
He said to the centurion, go your way as you've believed, be it done unto you. And his servant was healed from that self-same hour. So that was physical, not just spiritual. And then Jesus comes into Peter's house, finds his mother-in-law sick of a fever. He touched her hand. She was sick of a fever. That's physical. And the fever left her. Think about that. Jesus healed Peter's mother-in-law. Now, I'm sure Peter didn't hold that against the Lord. <laughs> Him healing the mother-in-law. Okay, let, let that go. Let that go. He healed Peter's mother-in-law of a fever that's natural, not just spiritual. Now, look at verse 16. When the even, even was come, they brought unto him many possessed with devils. He cast out the spirits with his word and healed all that were sick. Then it says that it might be fulfilled, which is spoken by the prophet Isaiah. Himself took our infirmities and bare our sicknesses. Matthew recorded that everything Jesus did in physical healing was what Isaiah prophesied. That is so awesome. Let's look at Peter's book in the Bible, 1 Peter chapter 2. And we'll start in verse 22. And I want you to see again the alliance, the alliance Jesus has forged with our forgiveness and our healing, just like Satan forged an unholy alliance with sin and sickness. Jesus has broke the power of that and has forged now a holy alliance, if you will, a marriage. He's married forgiveness of all of our sins with the healing of our body. First Peter 2, 22, speaking of Jesus, who did no sin, neither was guile found in his mouth, who when he was reviled, reviled not again. When he was suffered, he threatened not, but committed himself to him that judgeth righteously. Now look at verse 24. Who his own self bear our sins in his own body on the tree, that we being dead to sin should live unto righteousness, by whose stripes we were healed. So see, sin and sickness was dealt with on the same cross. Peter, walking with Jesus, saw how God extended forgiveness, and with that forgiveness came the flow of the Holy Spirit to heal sickness in this world. Again, God has forged this holy alliance, and we can't let groups put asunder what God has joined together. We can't let our families, many of us grew up in families where they would accept the forgiveness of our sins, but not the truth of the healing of our bodies. And again, Jesus dealt with sins and sickness on the same cross. Why? It was sin that brought sickness. So if the cross is the place God forgives us, then healing is just one of the many, many benefits that God has made available. And I do pray earnestly that what God has joined together, our forgiveness and our healing, let no man, let no demon, let no person or group put asunder. I pray this has been a blessing to you and that you receive of the Lord and His will to heal you. And while we may struggle with sin, God has forgiven us and we can overcome sin. We may struggle with sickness at times, but God has healed us at the same cross and we can overcome it in time.
or pray for you. Father, I thank you that I believe these 16 sessions have brought truth to hundreds and thousands of people. And they are mixing faith with the word of God and walking in the truth. And that's bringing you joy. I thank you that you came to make me whole. That you didn't just come to save my spirit and let me struggle through life. You did save my spirit. I became a new creation because of the work of the cross. And you sealed my spirit until the day of redemption. And I thank you for my complete forgiveness in Jesus. I thank you for your word that's healing my soul. As I renew my mind in Romans 12, verse 2 says, The transformation of our lives comes through the renewing of our minds to the word and will of God. And the word and will of God are the same. I thank you that your word has declared your will to heal. And we don't waver on the willingness. We expect. We expect. We expect to see your goodness in our lives. We expect to see your power in our families' lives. We expect to see it in our churches and in our community as we, the body of Christ, go out under the leadership of the head of the body, Jesus Christ. And I pray this in His name. Amen and amen. 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 I like that prayer. I expect. Mm. I expect. Amen. Amen. Mm-hmm. I, expect. I expect that is powerful that mind shift I expect that's good very good anything else I really like the way he just said right at the very end since sin the original sin brought the sickness and the darkness and the oppression yeah then when sin was dealt on the cross it's like an umbrella yeah. You know, it yeah. also dealt with that. Yeah. Because, you know, in in times I try talking to people, sometimes they're like, eh. You know, when you say, you know, sin and sickness were dealt with on the cross, they're like, eh, you know. Yeah. But yeah. that explain. I mean, that's so much of a down-to-earth way of saying it. Yeah. Hey, look, if original sin is what opened the world yeah. to, to sickness, to yeah. sickness, mm-hmm. Then when Jesus took care of the sin on the cross, that also includes the sickness. It yeah. includes the oppression. It includes, I mean, yeah. so that's, that's yeah. kind of a really down-to-earth way to say it. Good. That yeah. people can get that you're not Christianizing it. Right. That's good. Yeah. Very good. Anybody else? That's good. So this is all of session one, the sixteen lessons, and it's um, it's been powerful. It's been good. Yes. It's been really good. Eye opening. Yeah. Session two goes into um. Session one is kind of like equipping you for yourself. Wherein session two goes more into. Now you've got this revelation. Now you've got this. How do you how do you use it? What do you do with it? You know, um, how do you share it out? How do you um, go out and lay hands on the sick and see them recover? And so the session two is is a little bit more in depth with um, now you've got now you've got it. What do you do with it? So it's going to be really good when we start that.
And then um, session three actually breaks it into how to minister it in different situations. How do you minister it to children? How do you minister it to adults? How do you minister it to your family? How, you know, so it, it really kind of goes more in depth um, in, in going out and just taking it to the mission fields or wherever God calls you to to take healing to to take the gospel so and some people say oh well I don't think I'm supposed to <laughs> I'm supposed to do that or I'm scared or whatever come anyway you'll still get something out of it <laughs> so but it's really really good really good series so oh you're welcome thank you so much you're welcome. You're welcome. I love it. Like I said, this is this is my message. This is what I love to to get in people's hands and, and see them. Are you so. still looking for doing on Tuesday nights? Probably. Is that not good? Okay.